Tell them that it's levels, ain't no pressure I get better every day I wake up and I get some chatter Yeah, money, 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 honey It's all over my schedule I can't Welcome make it for you Welcome to Report readers, listeners, and viewers To another edition of the Peter Report Podcast I am Scott Reynolds, your host Along with me is Peter Report's J.C. Allen J.C., it is a victory Monday Our first one of the season Our first legit victory Monday Even though the Bucks played on Thursday We're still calling this a victory Monday Oh, yeah. When you win on a Thursday, it doesn't matter. That win carries all the way through until Monday to the week reset. So, yeah, victory Monday here. Bucks win in exciting fashion. Finally, a kicker you can rely on. You know, we saw it last year. You know, you give a minute, 24 seconds to Tom Brady with one timeout. That's an eternity. And, you know, he came through, marched the, marched the team right down the field and suck up, kicked the ball through. I know you were happy with that because you called it That's right. minutes before it happened. Yes, SR called it in the group chat. Suckup's going to win this game. What do you know? SR has been doing this for a long time, so you got to trust him when he says stuff like that. Well, JC, we got a sneak preview of Bucks' upcoming opponents. And this was really cool because here in the, in the Tampa market, we saw um, – we saw pretty much all of the Buccaneers' opponents play yesterday on local television here. You have got DirecTV. I guess you got the, the red zone going. I don't have that, but I was fortunate because I got to, to see the Falcons play the Eagles. I got to see Patriots and Dolphins. Those games are back-to-back um, following the Bucks' Week 2 game against the Falcons. Then uh, the Saints – and the Packers, the, the Bucks don't play the Packers this year. It'd be great if they could because they looked <laughs> awful. But, but they will be playing the Saints on Halloween. And then last night, the Sunday night game, the Bucks will be playing the Rams in week three. And, of course, the, they're going to also be, be playing the Chicago Bears. So it's yeah. great to get a sneak peek at all of those teams. Now, week one, got to be careful, right? Because the Buccaneers, JC, they've won two Super Bowls in 2002. And in 2020, they lost the season opener in both of those games to the Saints. So sometimes week one doesn't really matter. But we do have a couple of clues that we can possibly take away from from that. And we're going to get into that on the show today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look, you watch some of those games. If you don't have Red Zone or DirecTV or whatever, like you said, you were fortunate enough to get a, a glimpse of almost all the Buccaneers' opponents to start that first half of the season, um, which was really telling, uh, especially when you saw some of the performances that were going on, some of the lack of yeah. performances, if you want to call it that. Um, so it's going to be nice to be able to kind of preview that. Obviously, we go into the Falcons this upcoming week and to see what Jalen Hurts, without getting too far into it, because we'll save that for a little bit, too far into it. What Jalen Hurts was able to do to this Falcons defense, which we know is still pretty bad, even though they've tried to improve it over the years. Yeah. Uh, you just got to be, you know, very excited about what potentially the Bucs could be able to do it, getting oh, out yeah. from Matt Ryan. Well, JC, we're also really excited because, you know, we start the show off with with our Celsius uh, promos. And why not? Because Celsius is, is an absolutely fantastic energy drink. And the best part about Celsius, JC, is it's got essential energy. Accelerate your metabolism, and there's no sugar in it. There's no preservative, so there's no sugar crash. So you get energy that sustains you throughout the day, and you don't have that crash that you have with some other energy drinks. But maybe the best part about Celsius, and as you can see, I'm wearing my my Celsius shirt today. A little shot of that. There we go. Thanks to ah. good friends at Celsius. But Celsius just signed a renewal uh, agreement with Peter Reports to be our exclusive energy drink 
and the exclusive title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast and the Peter Report Game Day podcast through 2022. So we really appreciate Celsius' support. Uh, and really thanks to you guys out there in Peter Nation because you've been buying all of the, the Celsius drinks that we've been promoting. And I, I think you're seeing some of the benefits too, right? Because you're reordering and, and you're trying new flavors and all of that. So it's it's been awesome to see. But the, here's the thing. We're not just talking about Celsius because they also have these amazing Celsius energy bars. And these are protein bars. They come in two flavors, white chocolate, cookies and cream, and salted caramel peanut crunch. Mm. These are both tremendously delicious flavors. Now, I've had a lot of, of you know protein bars before, JC. They taste like cardboard, sawdust. I mean, they taste awful, right? But the great awful. thing about these, yeah, well, let's not name any names, but yeah, the thing is, is is that these, these bars here, they taste like candy bars, and I'm not kidding. If you don't believe me, try them yourself. And uh, they've got 20 grams of protein, only two grams of sugar. So they're they're about as healthy as you can get for for some protein bars that are going to give you some energy throughout the day. Now, here's the best part about this. In our YouTube description, we've got a link where you can get fast bars made by Celsius for 20% off when you order on Amazon. Now, I did this right around the last time they had this promotion. I did this right around the start of school, back to school time. Got them from my kids because they're looking for something to get you throughout the day and get some, some energy and some protein. And uh, it's a great thing to grab in the morning on the way out the door. Well, I'm glad that they're having this promo again because I'm literally out now. I think I'm down to like two bars left. My kids and myself have rolled through them. So they taste great and they give you the, the protein that you need to get you through the day. Only two grams of sugar. So check the link on our YouTube page, uh, Peter Reports. TV on YouTube and uh, click on that and save 20% off. And we'll also have that uh, on our Twitter page in a little bit too, but it's a great promo. So we want to thank our great friends at Celsius and fast uh, energy bars for all of the great promotions. So uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's tough, Scott, you know, you mentioned, you know, with sharing with your kids and stuff. I came out the other day and my wife had a Celsius. I'm like, what are you doing with my Celsius? I only have three left. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> You know, it, and I yeah. saw someone else said, you know, their uh, their wife was on a Zoom meeting or something like that, and everyone was asking about it. Literally, once someone has a, has a sip of it, sees it, it there you go, spreads right like there. Richie. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, listen, that we got some some news out of uh, the Advent Health Training Center today uh, with a bit of a roster move here, JC. You know, tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, Sean Murphy Bunting obviously went down with an elbow injury, still waiting on MRI results. X rays came back. Negative. It looks to be a dislocated elbow. Um, obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not the team doctor. I don't know for sure. Uh, prognosis, maybe one to two, possibly three games. Again, we'll know more as soon as we talk to Bruce coming up tomorrow. But in a, in a move they made to kind of just in, shore up that secondary, just in case they need it, they signed cornerback uh, Pierre Desir. Uh, came into the league in 2014. He has 44 starts to his career, eight interceptions. Uh, with a, one one of them returned for a touchdown, 42 pass deflections. Uh, this is a guy who's great in the locker room as well. Um, so the good news about having a guy like that is he's experienced. And we saw them make the same move last year with Ross Cockrell in the middle of the season. The guy who had 44 starts, a couple of them coming against the Buccaneers, that London right. game with a pick six. Um, but you bring in a guy who's got experience like that on the practice squad, and if you need to elevate him, 
Hopefully it plays dividends. It's covering all bases just in case SMB is not able to go sooner rather than later. It gives you another body. D Delaney, you've been great. We appreciate everything you've done for us. But at the same time, we need a guy who's played in the league and who's played at a high level. And this is a guy like Pierre Desir who has done yeah. that. So a great roster move. We'll see what happens if, it, if, if he gets elevated, if he's just there. Um, but I would look to see if he's elevated, if, if there is a real injury to SMB. Yeah, and also at the same time, he, he played under – under um, Todd Bowles, didn't he? The Jets. Um, he played with the Jets. He did. Two times with the Jets. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the kind of the the case there with him is the familiarity with Bowles' scheme. Yeah, played with Cleveland, San Diego. Uh, let's see, the Giants, Indianapolis, Baltimore, the Jets. So yeah, he's he's been around the league. Yeah, I just put the, the link for that 20% off from the fast bar on Amazon here in, in our chat. So you can check that out. So, um, well, listen, JC, let's get to uh, to the meat of today's topic, which is looking at these opponents for the Buccaneers. We're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on every one. We're going to give you kind of a thumbnail sketch of our initial impressions on on, on all these, these teams that, that the Buccaneers played. Of course, you get the Falcons there, uh, Mike, Mike Evans given the – AJ Terrell, a, a big uh, forearm shiver to the the throat, uh, right there. And boy, they did that in, in that last game. What was the final score? Forty-four to seventeen or twenty-one, something like that. It was it was pretty pretty rough going for the Falcons. That first game in Atlanta was tight. They were up seventeen nothing, and then all of a sudden the Bucks uh, it came storming back, scored thirty-one points in the second half to beat Atlanta thirty-one to twenty-seven. Yeah, Brady the defense, was full Jedi. <laughs> he did, yeah, and Devin White did too, really closing out the game with a couple sacks yeah. and was just a, a monster for the Buccaneers in that game. And that was that was quite the deflator right there for um, for the Raheem Morris-led Buccaneers. And then you've got – let me get the final score there because I want to give us some good information when it comes to uh, the Bucks falcons game. But it was a blowout in Tampa. I know the Bucs scored 44 and – they allowed 27. Okay, I said 17. 44 to 27. Garbage uh, time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it didn't need to be. The Bucks outscored them 21 to 7 in the fourth quarter. That was a game where, of course, Mike Evans set the record with 1,000 yards. All of a sudden, boom, he hurt his knee. <laughs> it was not as serious as it looked. And we saw Antonio Brown go off with 11 catches, 138 yards, two touchdowns, playing more time. Uh, in that game for the injured Mike Evans. But um, I was not impressed with what I saw yesterday. JC, when, when I was looking at the Atlanta Falcons game with, with a, a keen eye because they're coming up on deck at 4.05 here in Tampa on Sunday. So they lost 32-6 to to Philadelphia. What were some of your initial impressions from that game? Uh, blocking. I mean, their offensive line was just – terrible the amount of times that they were able to get pressure on Matt Ryan and we know Matt you know they lost the big weapon in Julio Jones Calvin Ridley is a guy that needs to step up there but if yeah. you can't give him time to to operate uh you saw that uh Kyle Pitts you know he had a couple of good plays uh, a third down conversion but at the same time he's a guy as well that you can tell he's a rookie and he's going to take some time to get there the defense still Still horrid, still terrible. Yeah. I think they had, you know, only one sack on the day and no turnovers on on uh, Jalen Hurts, who was a rookie who looked like a seasoned vet. I mean, this guy 
looked amazing tossing the ball right. all over the place. And he's only had, I think this was fifth start, a uh, fifth career start. So, you know, for the most part, defense uh, really looks bad still for that Atlanta Falcons team, obviously yeah. giving up 32 points. And then the offensive line, man, they cannot block. Uh, they, they have a good, pretty good left tackle. But other than that, the rest of the line is just very, very poor. Yeah, we, wait a minute. when I looked at this game, it was interesting, right? Because you you saw what the Falcons wanted to do. They wanted to run the ball. And, and for all intents and purposes, they ran the ball. <laughs> the problem is they fell behind. And so they, they generated 260 total yards, 124 yards on the ground. I thought the biggest surprise was, uh, was Patterson running the ball. Uh, Cordero Patterson, who is started off as a wide receiver. He's one of the best kick returners in the league history, but he's running the ball quite a, a bit. But Matt Ryan, wow, 136-yard passing. And his longest play was an 18-yard throw and catch to Kyle Pitts, the rookie, who underwhelmed in his first NFL game, four catches, 31 yards. Mm. JC, I saw the Packer, not Packers, the Falcons come out in a lot of 12 and 13 and 22 personnel. That's two backs for the 22. That's two tight ends for the 12 and three tight end sets. Uh, you know, uh, Arthur Smith loves him some tight ends, but it didn't really work out yesterday. No, I mean, if you're going to roll those looks out for the Bucs, they're going to be licking their chops because they're going to be able to get, I mean, th they should be able to get after it. 124 rushing yards against the Eagles. I mean, cut that in half at least when they go up against the Bucs. You just held Ezekiel Elliott to 33. So they're not going to be able to get the yeah. running game going here either. And, you know, cornerback is going to be uh, an interesting matchup, how Matt Ryan goes. We Carlton Davis, I mean, no worries on him on Ridley. But uh, Justin Gage, obviously, uh, how he does against Jamel Dean and what they do with Ross Cockrell. So I'm sure they're going to they're gonna game plan that if SMB cannot go. So, uh, But other than that, I mean, pass rushers should be, you know, just pinning their ears back and getting right. after after him. Here's some pro football focus numbers for you guys. McGarry, the right tackle, had a 39.7 grade in pass protection. Now, you think that's really bad. Well, Hennessy, the center, had a 26.2 pass block grade. Okay. <laughs> if you think that's bad, Jalen Mayfield had a 1.4 grade. I've never seen a grade that low. 1.4 in pass protection. He gave Did up he eight pressures. <laughs> he gave up eight pressures and two sacks and uh, was just awful. So can they run block? Yeah, they can run block a little bit. But here's here's the here's the deal when it comes to the Falcons. If you get up on them, they can't catch up. They're not built to catch up. They're not a quick strike offense by any means. So what I look for Tampa to do is come out, put a bunch of points on the board, get out ahead of time, and this this should be the easy victory that a lot of people, myself included, kind of expected from the Bucks on Thursday night, and that season opener against the Cowboys. Now, the problem is when you have turnovers, you kind of let the other team back in it. That's what happened with, with Dallas. I, I think the Buccaneers probably could have and should have won that game 38-20, like to 20. <laughs> but I think that's going to kind of be how this game is, although I don't see – I don't see the Falcons getting 20 points on the Bucs, do you? I, I don't. One thing I am a little worried about is the running game didn't get going last week against you know a rookie, third-round rookie, and some journeyman defensive tackles. Well, Crady Jarrett. Yeah, and but they didn't try, though, really. You know, JC, they, they really they didn't, didn't try. They didn't, but at the same time, I mean, it's going to be a lot harder. You need to establish the run at some point, right? I agree. And I, agree. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do it this week against the 
McGrady Jarrett and who's the other guy they have? Uh, man, on the tip of my tongue. Do you have the defensive tackle? Yeah, he's a uh, well, he's he's uh, really good. Yeah, the, the the Tyler Davidson, the nose tackle. And then they got Jonathan Bullard. Yeah. You know, on the other side, they they, they kind of play Marlon, a three yeah. four, but they have like a four man front, kind of like what the Bucks do to a degree. Yeah. Him and Marlon um, Davidson, I mean, that's going to be a tough front to run against. So yeah. You know, uh, that kind of worries me getting the run started because we know how effective this team is off play action. I mean, Todd Bowles will deny it, you know, pre-snap motion, play action. None of it yeah. really changes and none of it works. But, you know, that's a that's really, you know, how Tom is able to just manipulate and move the ball wherever the heck he wants. Not that he doesn't yeah. can't do it without it, but, you know, I'm looking for them to establish the run, especially against good defenses like the Rams, like the Patriots like the Dolphins all coming up have good defense yeah. in front. So this game, I think it's going to be hard for That's what I'm really looking for. But through the air, I have no doubt they're going to be able to move the ball at will. Yeah. You know, you everyone's worried and freaking out about Mike Evans. And, you know, is Mike Evans going to get a thousand yards? You I know, think he's going to have his way with AJ Terrell. Yeah. Did he disappear? I, I did. Just, Where you know, was he? Yeah. Like, He's going to be fine, I think. Yeah. There's going to be some weeks, folks, where, where Mike just doesn't light up a statue. There's going to be weeks where Antonio Brown doesn't. There's going to be weeks where Gronk doesn't. There's only one ball, right? That's yeah. that's the thing. So, and Tom Brady's going to look for the most favorable matchups. And usually he'll do that before the play even starts. He'll identify the coverage. He'll identify the matchup he wants. That's probably where he's going to go with the ball. So that's that's just how it is. I know the mm. fantasy football crowd freaks out a bit, but it's like, listen, Mike's still going to get his thousand yards as long as he's healthy. It's happened every year. Uh, so I, I wouldn't worry about that. I'm not worried that this is a trap game prior to the Rams and then the Pats because this is a division game, right? This is this is a division game. And I, I don't think that they're – I don't think they're going to overlook the Falcons at all. Um, no. You know. Division games are always tricky. You, you never know. Uh, any given Sunday, I think, applies more to division games than any other games against lesser opponents because they can. Well, if you're the Bucks Thursday night games too, I guess. But um, you know, you, you never know what kind of game they know you for the most part. Obviously, they're coming yeah. in new, new coach, new system, so it gives them a little bit. Uh, the Bucks a little bit more of an advantage, um, being the better team than right. it does than it does the Falcons. You know, even though they're a new team to the Bucks. Uh, they still just don't have the thing. I know a lot of people are freaking out about the game plan in the secondary. What do you think about the game plan that they ran against the Dallas? You think there's going to be changes made to it? You know, I, I definitely think Bowles isn't just going to sit there, rest on his laurels, and say, "Okay, we got torn apart." Bruce called me out pretty much in the pregame, saying, "Yeah, you know, they're going to test us on the outside, and they're going to test us with the screen." Yeah, game. It, I, I think too because they're going to be playing a very similar type of attack with with the Rams coming up in in two weeks that there will be some changes it'll be interesting to see this week how ross cockrell plays right because you gotta you can't just say this is what we're gonna play you gotta play to your personnel now they have ross cockrell in there as opposed to sean murphy bunting murphy bunting is faster i think ross cockrell might even be better uh in some instances within that that 10 to 15 yards near the line of scrimmage yeah although that's an area that sean murphy bunting made gains we saw his interception picking off the pass in, in New Orleans, like in, in that type of situation. But I think where Sean Murphy Bunting excels is, is down the field with the speed. We saw Amari Cooper pull away from Ross Cockrell and score that touchdown, whereas Sean Murphy Bunting had the speed to get in front of Alan Lazard and pick off that pass in Green Bay that was 15, 20 yards down the field. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they're, they're going to play them. But if you go back in last year, now granted it was Jared Goff. We'll get to the Rams in a second. But 
when you look at uh, Jared Goff threw through for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns against the Bucks in that 27-24 win. So they they got to do something different if they want to change the outcome, right? Yeah, especially I mean, especially when you look at Van Jefferson now becoming a viable threat. I mean, I've I've liked that kid since he was yeah. drafted last year, and he came out. You know, I think it was four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, 80 some odd yards. So now you have to watch out for him um, as that deep speed threat yeah. to go along with Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby and Robert right. Woods. So. Well, it, let's let's put the nail on the coffin for the Falcons real quick too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I think the the defense didn't really stand up. I I thought Deion Jones, even though he had. 11 tackles. He's their best defender. They've got some new faces in the secondary. This is a, this is a different team. Arthur Smith has kind of turned over that roster to a degree with the, the exodus of Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. And that defense had one sack and, and no, you know, no, no turnovers uh, yesterday. I, I thought it was very kind of a lifeless defense. They were playing at home and I did not see anything out of Atlanta that impressed me. Now, uh, are we going to see some improvement from them this week? I certainly would expect that, but I don't think they're going to be a match for the Buccaneers. But what is a, a great match for your Sunday is Pewter pregame, and that's going to take place right here on Pewter Report TV, also on pewterreport.com. Uh, John Ledyard and Casey Hudson will be headlining the show and with uh, special guests myself, J.C. Allen, Matt Matera, the Pewter Report staff will be on there for one hour on Sunday, 3 o'clock, we'll have to launch a pewter pregame followed by pewter game day, and that's going to be John and Paul Adwell. He returns this week to uh, watch the game with you guys and break down uh, all the action, give some insights, some analysis you're not going to get anywhere else. It's a great compliment to you watching the game at home. Uh, and so check out pewter game day again. That's going to follow pewter pregame, and then, of course, we'll have the pewter report postgame podcast about 45 minutes at the end of the game. So, so JC, we've got an, another, uh, we had a, a fantastic debut really for the regular season debut for pewter pregame and pewter uh, game day. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, the being on, on site on location uh, with John and Casey, and then, you know, coming over to Matt, who was at the stadium, then switching over to us, having that special guest come in to break down Dallas right before the game. Yeah. I, I leading right into not only the game, but, our live in-game analysis it was it was awesome to take part of yep. and then right into the post game i mean it, it's it's all it's the wall, wall content, coverage right? yeah all the bucks content yeah. you, you could want in in one game setting so it was it was amazing and i look forward to seeing it grow seeing yep. more people you guys telling more people about it and getting more involved uh being able to you know get your comments reactions thoughts it, it was it was a lot of fun i had a blast it was and, and the other thing too is we're not going to be on location at Whiskey Wings this week, but we will later on in the season, so look out for that. But we want to make sure that you subscribe to our Pewter Report YouTube channel. Hit the like button for those videos. We greatly appreciate that. When it comes to um, when it comes to the, to the next opponent, well, actually, here, let's, let, let's, let's do uh, everyone a favor and let them know where they can get the absolute best golf gear, and that, of course, is at livinggolflife.com. Now, if, if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, you see those amazing red, white, and blue Golf Life polos, along with that awesome hat, and you've seen Matt and, and, and uh, John wear those on the Peter Report podcast. JC, I'm still waiting for mine. Have you got your Living Golf Life gear yet, or Matt and, no, and I John hoarding it all? 
I think they're hoarding it all. I just want a hat. I'm a hat too. guy. So, yeah. you know, get, get, give me a hat. I'll be, I'll be fine. Maybe a couple of golf balls. Let's, you know, let's hit the links and let's hit the deep ball because, you know, that's definitely something that the Atlanta Falcons couldn't do last week. That's but true. The living golf life, those golf balls, you hit nail them deep down the range. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm all about some of that. Look at the logo too. It's just, so it's clean. a great looking logo. And then what I like about it is it's not titleless. It's not Callaway. Instead, instead of repping a brand, right? It's all about repping the, the sport itself, right? Cause that's what they're all about is living golf life. Check out the website, livinggolflife.com. Give them a follow on at living golf life on Instagram. They'd appreciate that. And, and again, they've got some, some great merchandise that you can buy to celebrate your love of golf on livinggolflife.com. So JC, as we roll on, okay, let's get to the Rams, right? We're, we're looking at at uh, the Rams on the 26th. That's, that's going to be out in LA in their spaceship of, of a stadium. <laughs> now they won 34-13 against the Bears last night and looked really good in doing it. Yeah, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on what you saw from the Rams in week three. Talk about a team that does have a deep ball. Uh, the Rams, they they look good. They look like out of the NFC, probably the biggest um, challenge to the Bucks. And, and that was a lot of things that people were talking about prior to the season. Matt Stafford, did he make them a challenger? You know, you look at Green Bay, obviously, you know, talk about them, but they don't look like they're anywhere near the type of level they should be coming in. Uh, and then the 49ers who let the Rams almost come back. I mean, the Lions come back and win. And it really looks like the Rams are going to pull away of that, of that comp, uh, division. And, yeah. you know, they can do it on the, in, through the air with, with Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, really getting the, the most out of him, 386 yards, you know, really efficient as well. Um, you know, 320 yard, 21 yards to the air, 20 for 26 with three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's exactly what he's, what he was looking for. Goff, not the most consistent and, you know, barring injury, you know, he was doing some crazy, some rollouts and some running and some moving that, yeah. you know, we haven't seen for a while. So Stafford looks really good in that offense and, you know, it's going to come down to the defense and the defense is pretty good too with, you know, with the guys they got on there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think the one thing about Matt Stafford is, is he really, he really just, he brings kind of like a, a sense of, of big playability to that Rams offense. Jared Goff was not the downfield threat that Matt Stafford is. And you saw that on display with that bomb uh, that he threw to, to Van Jefferson, 67 yards. Jefferson completed, or I should, should, should say finished with two catches, 80 uh, yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup was doing Cooper Cup things, seven catches, 108 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 56-yard catch. So that's the element that Matt Stafford brings the ability to go downtown as well as spread you out horizontally with those quick wide receiver screens, tight end screens, the mm. quick smoke routes to the outside to get the ball into Cup's hands, Jefferson's hands, uh, Robert Woods's hands to the backs uh, and the tight ends out of the backfield. So I was really impressed with with the the dimension that he brings and and uh, and as they said on the broadcast. Sean McVay wants a partner, and that's exactly what Matt Stafford is, is a guy that can pull the trigger and, um, and, and really threaten every blade of grass in the field, from the short underneath stuff uh, to, to the flats to down the field. And I think that's, that's where, where you'd like to have your secondary full strength for the Rams game. That's not going to be because Sean Murphy Bunting is going to be out. But um, I'd, I'm curious as to see how Todd Bowles is going to attack this this Rams defense, I think that they're going to have to 
play some cover two, some two-man under. I think they got to keep two safeties deep, or this could be like the Kansas City game in that first quarter back in Week 12 where if you're playing one-on-one, they've got some guys, maybe not as fast as Tariq Hill, but they've got some guys that can get down the field. Without safety up over the top, you could be giving up a quick strike. Yeah, and that's the thing you definitely have to prepare against. So, you know, it's going to come down to scheme and, and, and you know, play calling from Todd Bowles and how he wants to, you know, dive up into this playbook and, and what he can call. And uh, you can't be too aggressive against a team that will definitely, you know, make you pay for it. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the play calling is going to be like, what the scheme is going to be like that he implements um, for all the reasons you listed. But one thing I, I found interesting was, again, and I talked about this against the Falcons, is getting the run started. They yeah. let Montgomery get over 100 yards. They did. And you're talking about Aaron Donald uh, and Floyd and, and some really good pass rushers um, and, and run defenders on that team. So that was kind of surprising to me. Uh, you know, Aaron Donald still got out to the quarterback. But remember the last couple of times he's played the, the, the Bucks. Last Allie year Statless. Did well. That's so, right. You know, they've got the big name guys. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey will follow Mike Evans around. But, you know, this year you, you've got a guy like Antonio Brown who's fully – you know, seasoned in the playbook and they're going to be able to take, take advantage of some of those mismatches on offense with, with Brown and Godwin and Rob Gronkowski for sure. Uh, but you know, we're, we're still, we're still two weeks away. So it's hard to really preview what the matchup could look like. Um, right. But just to take a, a quick glance at what they, what they were able to accomplish yeah. and, and you know, what they could look like. Uh, they're definitely a threat. They're definitely a contender. And having to go all the way to the West Coast, that's going to be a tough trip for the Bucks. you know? Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is is Justin Hollins had two sacks. And he was a, a recent draft pick out of out of Oregon. And, you know, he had two sacks. And, and I think anytime you're playing with Aaron Donald, it's great because you get to feed, too, right? <laughs> all the attention goes to, uh, to number 99. But but uh, we saw Donald get a sack, but but Holland's actually had two. He's, they still have uh, Leonard Floyd, so this, they've got enough guys that can get after the, the the passer. And when you look at at what the Rams were able to do uh, defensively, um, you know I, I thought it was was pretty sound. That was that was Raheem Morris's first game as the defensive coordinator. Remember, he went from the Falcons, so he knows the Bucks extremely well, right? It's not just the fact that the Rams played. Played the uh, the Bucks once last year. That really doesn't matter because Raheem actually played him twice yeah. because he was the Falcons coach. Now it didn't end up too well, right? Because they scored 31 points and then 44. So it'll be interesting to see with with much better personnel, right? I mean, as, as great as good as Grady Jarrett is, he's not Aaron Donald, right? Yeah. And you've got AJ Terrell in Atlanta maybe as your top corner, but then you've got Jalen Ramsey, one of the best. <laughs> as your top corner there. So I think that Raheem, not that he's going from the outhouse to the penthouse, but he's certainly leveling up, right, with the Rams personnel. Yeah, the one thing, too, you know, it's hard to look at because it was Andy Dalton, you know. I mean, it wasn't a a quarterback of significance that that faced him as well. You know, Tom Brady is light years better than Andy Dalton is. So, And especially the personnel as well. So I think it's going to be a really compelling, interesting game. Um, I think it's going to be a, a great game. Can't know, wait bar- to get to it. Barring any injuries that happened prior to on either side of the either team, either side of the ball, even yeah. with if Sean Murphy Bunting misses this game, I think the Bucks still have the personnel 
to match up against them, depending on what coverage they play and what, what you know what scheme they dial up. But yeah, you know, I think this could be one of the best games of the year for Buck for the Bucks. Yes, I, I do too. It's certainly the most anticipated one I think early on. Now the great thing is is it's it's only Monday. We've got Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's when the Bucks are practicing this week. So we're gonna have plenty more. Bucks Falcons talk a little bit later in the week. So we just don't want to take advantage of the fact that we saw these games yesterday and get our first initial impression of, of what we saw. So in case you're just joining us here on Monday's Peter Report podcast, that's what we're talking about today. The sneak preview of the Bucks upcoming opponents. So let's take a look at um, at this this other team. JC, do you happen to know anything about the, the New England Patriots as, as the Bucks start October? On Sunday night against uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's and Rob Gronkowski's former team, <laughs> just just a little bit, um, just a little I, bit. I can kind of sense by your accent you might know a little bit about the Pats. Yeah, you know the Pats. These guys are. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, what can I say? Mac Jones looked really good in his start. I believe he was the first uh, quarterback in NFL history to throw over for thirty yards and have over a seventy percent completion rate. Yeah. Um, the, the the Pats frankly should have won this game. Um, oh yeah, there's the, no the, doubt. And you're, 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 hold on, you're, you're not being a homer by saying that. I, I'm telling you right now. I watched the game, and you're exactly right. They they gave this game away because both running backs, Damian Harris and uh, uh, Stevenson, coughed up the ball, and yeah. that was unfortunate. But those two fumbles were really detrimental because they outgained the Dolphins 393 yards to 259. The Patriots were an impressive 11 of 16 on third down. Harris ran for 100 yards. And, and yeah. Mac Jones, you said, had a quite a day. Yeah, I mean, then you look at penalties as well. Very uncharacteristic for a, a Patriots uh, team to have that many penalties. I think it was eight for four uh, for – no, four – it was 86 yards in penalties. I know that yeah. four of them were personal fouls. So right. that's, you know, you've got to clean up those mistakes. And that's something that, you know, Belichick going into the meeting room is going to say turnovers. We can't have that. We're beating ourselves penalties. We can't have that. We're beating ourselves. We're onto the jets, uh, yeah. which, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit better of a, of a matchup for, for them. This, you know, I think they should be able to wipe the floor with them. Um, but, you know, this team, this defense as well, they look really sharp. They, I think they are missing a little bit of Stephon Gilmore, just, you know, former defensive player of the year. Any team might be missing him. Um, but they're, they're a team that's coming together first time. Matt Judon looks really impressive in that yeah. system and has throughout the entire preseason. The the hit he laid out on Tua, the pressure oh, that, yeah. that forced the <laughs> interception. Um, yeah. Man, uh, you know, I, I think – they're going to be able to, and remember, the Bucks are coming off uh, a game against the Rams in LA, then coming right. back home, traveling up to New England, where it's going to be a sold-out crowd, raucous. It shouldn't be too cold because it's October, but it won't be as nice as, as it is down here in Tampa. I can tell you that. Right. Um, but it's it's going to be a difficult game for them, and I know, you know, you can say the Pats aren't on the same level talent-wise. But they have a really solid defense. They have a really solid running game, and I know the Bucks have. Yeah, you know, and you, one you of know the- what's crazy too is, I mean, here's the thing: it's Bill Belichick knows Tom Brady inside and out, and Rob Gronkowski too, right? So it's like they know their characteristics. They know what they like to do best. And the one thing that makes Bill Belichick excellent, I mean, just bar none, is the Patriots will take away what you want to, to do and what you mm. do best. Now the problem is. 
when you're talking about Tampa Bay's offense, what are you going to take away? Because there's just so many weapons there that that might present a problem for the Patriots. When you look at the Dolphins roster, they didn't have as much. And we'll kind of transition to the Dolphins, uh, JC, because when you look at at, uh, at, at the schedule, uh, it, they play the, the Miami Dolphins at home right after they come home from New England on that Sunday night game. We're talking about the same game. They um, Miami won 17 to 16, but really they won because of those, those two late turnovers in the game. I think the Patriots really outplayed him, but we did see some things that were good out of Tua, did we not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tua, he had some poise in there, uh, made some great throws. It's, yeah. He showed some growth. I'm, I'm not a huge yeah. Tua fan. I, I, listen, this guy's not Kyler Murray, not yet by any means, but uh, I was not high on him when he first came out. I didn't think he was worth the first-round draft pick. But he looked competent and got the win yesterday. He did enough to win. It wasn't dynamic, but I thought he was better than he was the previous year. And yeah. and then you look at at Jalen Waddle. Um, interesting because it, it was a really good day for former Alabama guys, right? Because you had you had Mac Jones getting his first touchdown pass. Uh, Tua, who's you know a year older, he came out in the draft uh, this previous year, got a win, and and Waddle. And Devontae Smith, who were in the same Alabama wide receiving core last year and are both first-round picks this year, they both got their first touchdowns. And we'll get to Devontae Smith with um, with the Eagles in just a minute. But Waddle, I thought, had a, a pretty good game for his initial uh, career start. Four catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Parker really led the day with four catches for 81 yards. And uh, would you look at it, Gaskin, 49 yards on the ground. I don't know if it was because they, they couldn't run the ball or, or didn't commit to it enough against the Patriots, but the Dolphins' defense forced two fumbles, but they didn't have any sacks, no interceptions. So it really wasn't that splash-worthy type of performance that maybe you would expect with Brian Flores going up against a, a young rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. And I think that's kind of worth noting. A lot, a lot of people would sit there and say, oh, gosh, Todd Bowles' defense, they're going to get after Mac Jones. He's a rookie quarterback. Well, Mac Jones didn't get sacked, and he didn't throw any interceptions in his first debut. And Brian Flores is a defensive-minded coach and got some playmakers in that Dolphins defense, and it never really materialized that way. So sometimes you can't look at a rookie quarterback and say, well, that's an automatic, you know, shitty game for the rookie just because he's playing a good defense like Tampa Bay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to go back to Jalen Waddell, I think he's going to be the best wide receiver out of this draft class when everything's said and done. Uh, he just looked outstanding out there. Tua, you know, you got to give it to him. The, the Miami's offensive line wasn't great. Um, and you, as you mentioned, the running game, you know, the Patriots spent significant resources ensuring up that defensive tackle spot, even to the draft of Christian Barmore. I know I wasn't high on him, and I know Warren Sapp wasn't high on I him. High on <laughs> um, but you know they did they did bring in a few, a few defensive tackles, one from the Jets, one from the Dolphins. So you know I, I could see you know that being part of the part of the uh, answer to Gaskin. But you know Tua is gonna he's gonna continue getting better. The defense was really something that I thought was gonna show up a little bit more, as you said, against a guy like uh, Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, first start. Um, you know, the, the two forced fumbles were great. One of those, I think, was more on the running back than it was on the defense actually making the play. And, um, you know, 
some of the throws that that um, Mac Jones was making against all pro cornerbacks and and uh, Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones, it was kind of, kind of if you're a Miami fan, you got to be like, oh, oh, what is this is a rookie quarterback that he's completing these passes on? So right, exactly. All right, let's let's move on, shall we, to our next game that we're going to talk about, which is after the Miami game on the 10th. We're looking at the 14th. That's a short week going to Philadelphia. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if the Eagles looked really, really good or if they just are okay and it was just the Falcons that looked really, really bad. But, I mean, Philadelphia rolled into the ATL and just simply outclassed them on offense and defense. It was a beatdown, 32-6 to against the Falcons. And, J.C., uh, when you look at – at the play of Jalen Hurts, um, I was higher on Hurts than I was on Tua. And maybe that's the, the Big 12 in me. I saw what he did, not just at Alabama, but then when he went to Oklahoma, you know, he's this kid has got poise. He is a playmaker. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. I mean, he is he is deadly. I think that this, this guy is – he's surprised me with how quickly he's, I guess, ascended. But you can kind of see why they got rid of Carson Wentz because Jalen Hurts can flat out play. Yeah, this is a game that has scared me since I saw it on the schedule. And if you've been watching the Peter Report podcast, you have heard me say multiple times that I am circling this Eagles game. And now after this performance, it is circled and highlighted because this is a game that scares me. Not only is it a dreaded Thursday night game for the Buccaneers, yep. It's coming off three tough, well, what should be three really tough defenses going against the Rams, going against the Patriots, and going against the Dolphins. I have no doubt that those defenses will turn it around and be in good shape by the time the Bucks play them. Everyone's going to step up. You're going to get their best game, even though the coaching staff think and the players think they got their yeah. best shot last year. Those three defenses are going to be tough. They're going to be physical, and they're going to do stuff to try to take away players on this team and uh, get them out of their rhythm. And right. then you have the Eagles on a Thursday night going up to Philly. And if Jalen Hurts and the offense and defense can continue to look like this throughout their next few games, mm-hmm. this could be a loss. This could be one of those those trap game. I mean, people want to talk about a trap game. This is a game that I think could definitely hand the Bucks, you know, their first or second loss of the season, um, depending on how it shakes out. I hate Thursday games. For yeah, this reason, the Bucks get too. It's really. I mean, who <laughs> I'm really trying to, thought the trying to remember the last time the Bucks won on Thursday night? I don't. I can't. I can't remember. It wasn't last year because it was the Bears, no. and the year prior was the Giants. So, I, well, the Giants. The Giants wasn't on Thursday night. Giants was one, on Monday night last year. No, no, and the year prior. The year, the year before that, well, that was the Matt Gay. That was 2019. That wasn't on Thursday. Yeah. That was on Sunday. Oh, I thought so, it was not Thursday night. Yeah. I don't know. They played the Giants five times in the last four years, and I think they get them again next year too. It's just crazy yeah. how, many, how many times they play this Giants squad. Right. All the dates well, hey, I'll say this. Uh, Cordero Patterson started off pretty hot against this Eagles defense. Then, then they really shut him down, and and then not just that, but, I mean, they, they really got after Matt Ryan. I mean, they they shredded that that Falcons offensive line. It was not even funny. So when you look at, at – uh, this Eagles defense, they held they held Atlanta to three of fourteen on third downs. Two hundred and sixty yards. They outgained them four hundred and thirty-four yards to two sixty. Hertz went off, as JC was telling you. Twenty-seven of thirty-five, two hundred and sixty-four yards, three touchdowns. 
He also rushed seven times for 62 yards. And JC, those weren't all scrambles. Some of those were designed QB mm. runs, and that really gave Atlanta some problems. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you combine his rushing ability with you know having a back like Sanders there as well. You know, it, it really gives you a two-headed rushing attack um, between the two, and really confuses and and can be uh, kind of a mismatch against some defenses as well. Uh, we all we all know how effective a running a dual threat quarterback can be. Um, yeah. It's not just scrambling. They, they'll, yeah. they'll call some RPOs and then he'll just take off with the ball. And, and and then there's just some quarterback run game reads. And so you wonder in the NFL, I mean, and Jalen's a big, strong guy, yeah. uh, not tall, but he's thick, well put together. You just wonder how, how those hits will accumulate during the season and whether he'll be able to throw the ball and, and still be efficient in this offense after taking a pounding for 17 games. But, you know, here we are week one and, and he he looked dazzling now yeah. it's not just sanders 74 yards on the on the ground for sanders kenneth gainwell who is one of the, my draft crushes out of memphis yes. a nine carries 37 yards scored his first touchdown and uh listen the receivers too uh Devontae smith the the heisman trophy winner the rookie six catches 71 yards in his first touchdown. We talked about Jalen Waddle scoring a touchdown. Well, it's the same thing that that happened with uh, the other Alabama wide receiver that won the first round in uh, Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager from the draft two years ago, six catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know if you saw it, but but Dallas Godard, wow, what a extended crab in the end zone. Four catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, and that's what you're, you're looking for. You know, you have the young guy stepping, two young guys stepping up to grow with Jalen Hurts and a young tight end who's, you know, he's in his contract year, but, you know, now starting to get that full opportunity. Zach Hurts has always been there and he's had some injury issues himself, but, you know, it gives Jalen Hurts, if these guys continue, continue to play at that level, it gives them a bevy of options and weapons that to use in different ways. You know, Devontae Smith, he can, he, he's a fast guy. He can yes. move all over the field. Um, Jalen Rager, you know, looked great at that. The touchdown catch that he made was just a pure beauty too. Uh, you know, they, they have more weapons than people realize, you know, when you add in those running backs, yeah. Gainwell, I could not believe he fell so far on the draft because this guy, he looks to be a stud. Yeah. And, and let's not forget uh, up front. That's really where I think they, they dominated the trenches and it wasn't just Brandon Graham who had a really, really good game up front. I've always been a Brandon Graham fan. But um, the two Hargrave. defensive tackles uh, in there in the middle, uh, Hargrave and Ridgeway, combined for three sacks. They just owned the interior of the Falcons. I mean, Jalen Mayfield had a horrible, horrible debut in his his first game in the NFL. And uh, I don't uh, Hennessy was bad, McGarry was bad. It just was was bad all the way across the line. The Eagles dominated the line of scrimmage again. We don't know how bad the Falcons are or how good the Eagles are just yet. But it was a stark contrast. Uh, let's let's uh, shift gears now to um, the next game on the docket for the Buccaneers, which is the Chicago Bears. Chicago. Right? This is this is Chicago. Right? You got Matt Nagy in Chicago. <laughs> you come into town. You come into town. Matt Nagy's coming to town. <laughs> Chicago Bears. That's for you, Mark Cook. Uh, they're they're coming to town, fresh off of beating the Buccaneers in 
in strikingly bad fashion last year, 20 to 19. That was the game where let's let's hold them up, hold them up here. Four, four down. Is this four down? <laughs> Tom Brady, the old man, forgot what down it was. I can relate. I'm 49. I'm a couple years older than Brady. I forget shit all the time. So I can relate. But uh let's let's talk about the Bears because they they shouldn't have beat the Bucks last year. The Bucks beat themselves, right? With the turnovers, with the penalties. I mean, they beat themselves. But the Bears still took advantage and had more points at the end of the game. Yeah, the the biggest matchup I'm looking for for this is Mr. Werfs versus Mr. Mack. And yeah. I know Werfs has really circled this game. He wants to prove himself. And, and Mack, for you know, as good as he is, he did pretty much nothing last. Uh, was it yeah last night against the uh the bears only one tackle the rams o-line held up well against them um but i know trishan Wirfs is going to be circling this game you know andy dalton is just not an intimidating quarterback maybe we'll get justin fields by then who came in and scored his first touchdown on a running play um i, I am really encouraged by the play of fields throughout the preseason and if he is in the game i think it, it offers a different it's a completely different game plan than than if they're playing Andy Dalton, right? Yep. No doubt about it. No, I'm with you on that. And I, I think that's 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 gonna be a, a you know a key match up to watch through and, and when you look at the game last night, okay, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks, he's one of my favorite defensive players. He's given the Bucks some fits in, in the past. Um, the Bears, they can run the ball. I thought uh, I'm not a huge David Montgomery fan, but but he really impressed me with what he did last night over a hundred yards. Uh, it's just that they, they've got to play Justin Fields, right? Because uh, Andy Dalton's not the answer. We saw Fields score his first touchdown last night, getting in there in a few snaps. I think by the time JC hit the bears come to town, we're not going to be talking about Andy Dalton. We're going to be talking about Justin Fields because the future is now. I think they're going to, the bears are going to lose a couple games and they're going to be kind of forced to go into this game playing him, right? I mean, you look at at uh, Fields, he was two of two, got his feet wet, 10 yards as a pass or three yards to the rushing touchdown. But this Bears offense did not go anywhere, right? I mean, Montgomery had 108 yards, had a 41-yard run, so he showed some explosiveness. But Allen Robinson, who's their big play guy, 11 targets, six catches, 36 yards. And then you only saw one sack. Uh, Hicks and Robert Quinn up front shared a sack. Yeah, and that's really it. Yeah, the thing about Robinson too, all short intermediate to really intermediate yeah. passes. They didn't use him to stretch the field at all. They didn't use him as a, a dynamic playmaker. Um, yeah, it was it was very alarming to see. And I, I think you know when you talk about Justin Fields versus versus Dalton, you know Fields offers so much more. And the reason they went with Dalton is because if Fields struggles, it's hard to go back to Dalton. But if Dalton struggles, you can put him Fields. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be no. I think we see Fields way sooner than this game. Oh, I agree. Um, you know, I'm that's why by, they got him in. I'm just saying by the, by the time they come to Tampa, Fields is going to be the starter, right? Oh yeah, that's and that's why they got him in the game yesterday too. You yeah. know, that's they they want to get him here's here's two pass attempts, here's a rushing attempt. Let's see what you can do. You know, against a vaunted defensive line right. in, in the Rams, and you know, hey, he scored and you know, two for two of his first two that's NFL right. throws. So. He's definitely going to be the starter here. And this well, you know game. what? On, on Saturday, JC, you know who you know you don't want to know who went two for two. I went two for two. That's <laughs> right. At my bookie, I went two for two. 
And uh, I, I bet on uh, Iowa over Iowa State, and I bet on Michigan over Washington. Sorry, Jimmy Lake. But those were my two wins on Saturday. I actually had a very good uh, weekend going all the way back to the Thursday night game because I took advantage of that lock of the season. Now, I, I didn't win on the Bucks cowboys because I, I bet the, the point spread. And, and, of course, those damn Cowboys made it closer than necessary to, for me to win. But uh, I had a very good weekend on my bookie. So the NFL – is back in action. As you know, it's it's winning season at my bookie with over $500,000 in contest prize money. Winning season makes the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of boosts, contests, and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. It only costs 10 bucks to enter. I've already done it, so I want you to do it too. Pick five games against the spread each week. And each week you win a point. And each point you win gets you closer to the grand prize. If you miss out on week one, don't even sweat it because there are entries that are still open. And all it takes is one solid week to get you right back in the mix. So don't take my word for it. Join now. Start your winning season with MyBookie today. In order to get you started, make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code PEWTER to instantly receive double your deposit. That's double your money to double your winnings with every first deposit using the promo code pewter. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And they got Kansas City and Baltimore tonight. Use the promo code pewter, double your money, and you can have fun betting on that. Uh, I went with uh, – actually, that's not Kansas City, Baltimore. That's next week. But um, the Ravens will be playing the Raiders tonight. I actually uh, am taking John Gruden and the Raiders. Gruden. Yeah. They, they got to win. <laughs> they need a win. Gruden needs a win bad, and, and the Ravens are banged up. So I'm – and listen, they're a running team. They've already lost three out of their top four running backs before yeah. the season even starts to season-ending injuries. Speaking, so that was about, awful. speaking of injuries and losing players, the Bucks, uh looks like Sean Murphy Bunting will be going on an IR yep. uh, for, the, for, for the next three weeks, which leaves kind of a big hole. They did sign Pierre Desar, but the, the other player who's going to be going on IR, and Scott, you're going to have to help me because you're more familiar with this team, is long snapper Zach Triner. I don't know who Ooh. the backup long snapper is for this team, wow. but that is not a position to mess with. No. Um, so who would, who would be the That's backup? That's some news. That's some breaking long news right snapper. there. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they don't have one. They're going to have to sign one. And then, of course, the problem is, is with the COVID protocols, you're probably not going to get them in the building unless they knew about this injury. If this happened Thursday night, then then they have been working on this, and you should get somebody in the building by tomorrow. But with COVID protocols bringing somebody in, they got to pass. They have to have two negative COVID tests before they can get in the building, things like that. So mm, Within 48 that makes, hours as well. Yeah, so that, that makes it challenging, especially when you're trying to get what's known as the battery, right? The, the snapper, the holder, the kicker, that's your special team's battery. They all work in unison. you got to have the good snap, the good hold, and the good kick to get extra points and field goals. So that's that's a very interesting development. we got some breaking news on that. That's yeah. it's unfortunate. Um, do we know what type of injury it was? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me double one second, and I can double check. Uh, Chris Cooper is back in the practice squad, though, so, I mean, that's okay. something. Um, right. We, we know Sean Murphy Bunting's the elbow injury. He's out the next three weeks. Yeah. So I, would not, I would not be surprised if Herb Miller comes up in the practice squad. I think they're bringing Pierre Desaire in 
to become familiar with with what they're doing defensively. But Herb Miller would, would also be an option to come up because he's had training camp at the Bucks and he's been in the system. So, um, so here we go. Brian Shaw setting up the table here. Packers straight up suck. Soft team. Okay, let's talk a little Packers and the Jameis Winston led Saints. How about that? Jabu wins. Got a huge win yesterday. Not just for the Saints, but also for him. He had uh, five touchdowns. Now we've seen Jameis do this before. He had five touchdowns. Gosh, what was it 2017 against the Eagles? I want to say maybe 2016. But uh, he, listen, he he balled out. Didn't make the mistake. He did have one interception. They got called back because of a. a very questionable grounding, the, uh, roughing the passer uh, penalty, which I can't stand. As a defensive-minded guy, I cannot stand roughing the passer uh, penalties that are bogus like that. Now, if you're driving somebody into the ground, that's one thing. But uh, And I'm, I'm not even saying this because it negates a Jameis pick. I'm just saying I can't stand him in general. Go back to the Joe Tryon roughing the passer penalty against Cincinnati in the first preseason game. That was awful. Terrible. Jason, you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, these uh, what you call the sissification of football. They're sissifying the game of football. Yes, I, I, football is a violent sport. All right, it and is. I guess I get you need to protect quarterbacks, but as you said, unless you are really driving or really it's a it's a flagrant, you know, attempt to to hurt or injure or right. Like, come on here. I mean, some of these calls are just, what are we doing here? You know, they hit hard. Ruining the game of football is what you're doing. Listen, I I get it. You you want the offenses. You want want the arena football league. I get it. That's what you got. You've got these high-scoring games with points are in the 30s and 40s. That's awesome. That's great. Even Brady said it. Yeah, exactly. Defense is still fun to watch, right? It's still fun. Sacks, big hits, interceptions, you know. I remember back in the day, they used to have these these videos, right, where like you could get you know, NFL's hardest hits. So these VHS yeah. tapes where they would they would compile all of the hardest hits, and and you could you can buy those things. I mean, they promoted that. You can go back to the first couple Madden football games. One of my uh, favorite players of all time, Rodney Harrison. You know, I yeah. him and, and Mr. Lynch. I mean, yeah, John Lynch, Steve safeties. Atwater. I mean, you got some bone crunching safeties there that just really couldn't be a factor in today's game, the way yeah. it's called. But I, I remember the first couple of Madden games where literally, um, if you you hurt a player that you know, like if you had a big hit, they would bring an ambulance on the field. <laughs> I'm serious. Like no, back in the day, those. yeah, they bring an ambulance those. on the field and like cart you off. And now there's no way they would do that because they don't want to promote violence in the game. The game is violent. You're right, Jay But it's... what was violent was the Saints' defense. Uh, they destroyed Aaron Rodgers. And it, listen, I mean, we thought Aaron Rodgers played bad in Tampa, right? When <laughs> when the Bucks beat him as bad as they did in Week Five. Uh, at least Aaron Rodgers got on the board that game. They got up to a 10-0 start. That did not happen against the Saints yesterday. They outscored, I should say, they outgained the Packers 322 to 229. That's not too bad. But the Saints were 5 of 10 on third down, and the Packers were 1 of 10 on third down. They could not convert a third down to save their life. And Aaron Rodgers looked awful. And I'm going to give the Saints defense credit. I'm not just going to say Aaron Rodgers didn't show up. No, that's one guy. 
the Packers made everybody on the, I should say the Saints made everybody in the Packers look bad yesterday. And Winston looked really good. 14 of 20, 148 yards, five touchdowns. Wasn't asked to do a lot, right? He had a great running game yesterday, but no mistakes. I would. So first of all, when it comes to the Saints defense, color me impressed because I was up here and you guys have all heard me preach about the Saints turnover on the defensive side of the ball, linebackers, edge rushers, cornerbacks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And for all that, they came out and they looked really good. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to, he looked a little disinterested. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He, uh, he looked a little disinterested, but still that, that it was part of that defense. Just being able to, I mean, look what the first game that happened with the Bucks. He came out midway through the third quarter when they were only down by, I think 17 points. It was just kind of called it. And it looks like once they start getting rolling, he just kind of called it, take me out, put the young kid in, you know, so let's see what the, let's see what he's got. Um, but yeah. Jameis, you know, Jameis looked, he looked all right. I'm not going to say he looked great. I'm not going to say he looked well. The five touchdowns, I mean, come, a couple of them, you know, he had the big one big play touchdown, but a couple of them were a little dink dunk, a little pop pass over to Alvin Kamara. Right. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, I didn't think that the that the Packers defense was great. They've got a couple of good linebackers, Sedaria Smith, and obviously Jair Alexander, one of yeah. the best young cornerbacks in the league. You know, Savage, who would have had the pick but got called yeah. back, he's a – He's a pretty good safety too, but um, you know, it's Jameis. I need to see more. Let's, oh yeah, you know, listen, I, listen. I I I got killed on Twitter today for <laughs> for leading off with with uh, the pure uh, PR Bucks money mailbag, right? With picture of Jameis and all that. Listen, uh, I had a question and I answered it. I thought it was ridiculous. Will the Bucks regret? letting Winston go. No, of course not. That's what I said in, in the column. I said, of course not. I mean, they won a Super Bowl last year. Oh, and by the way, his replacement, Tom Brady, 40 touchdowns to set a franchise record. And the guy was the Super Bowl MVP, right? So I think if you would have asked any Buccaneer fan, hey, would you put up with 13 years of losing to win another Super Bowl? They probably would say yes, because there are plenty of NFL franchises that don't have one. The Buccaneers now have two. They're two for two in the Super Bowl race in the NFC South. They're ahead of the Saints, who are one for one. The Falcons are 0 for two. The Panthers are 0 for two. So uh, you take Super Bowls anytime you can get them. Now, will Jameis Winston haunt the Buccaneers if he ends up staying in New Orleans for 10 years? Well, maybe if he ends up beating the Bucs on a regular basis, winning multiple Super Bowls. But right here, right now, that's all you can focus on is the present. Tomorrow never comes. But right here, right now, today, the way I look at it, the Buccaneers still have the best quarterback in the league in Tom Brady, a guy who will challenge for the NFL MVP this year and who's been there, done that, and who won a Super Bowl last year. You can't argue with that. It was the right decision last year to let go of Jameis Winston and bring in Tom Brady. And if he succeeds in New Orleans, he does. But, J.C., he had Five years, five years to stop throwing interceptions, to stop. It, that was his biggest crime coming into this league was he turned the ball over. He had three head coaches, Lovey Smith, Dirk Cutter, and the sorry, the quarterback whisperer, Bruce Arians, who's, who told him, don't turn the ball over. And what did he do in his contract year, his his first year with the quarterback whisper, he turned it over more than 30 times, 30 interceptions. 
Okay. What five fumbles too? And then I think his, like yeah. I think his adjusted turnovers or balls that were dropped. We yeah. like, were been like forty three turnovers can total. It's just you know he's got talent. There's no he question he's he got does. talent. It's just I I like Jameis personally. I think he's a great guy. Like I like I'm rooting for Jameis not because he's a saint. I'm just rooting for Jameis because he's a good guy. I've gotten to know him. I've been to to his football camps. I mean he's he's a really good guy. Um, I, I hope he can live up to the potential because, uh, listen, the Bucks invested a first, the first overall pick in him for a reason. He has talent. It's just those interceptions and the turnovers have just killed his career. Not and, throwing the ball away, not taking the sack. And yeah. Set, you know, multiple right. things. If Sean Payton can be the guy to turn him around, then okay, great. That's, that's great for Jameis. Maybe not so good for the Bucks down the road. We'll have to see. But yesterday was his day. Five touchdowns, we'll see. That's one game out of 17. So let's not give him the NFL MVP just yet. But he had some help, right? Alvin Kamara, 83 yards, a touchdown catch. Um, And listen, Jameis Jameis will give the Saints the downfield element that they've not had for the last couple years with Drew Brees, who just didn't have the arm to push it downfield. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But, you know, the the one thing about that, and we kind of saw a little bit with uh, Deontay Harris – do they have the playmakers? Yeah. It's the biggest question for him to get the ball down the field. Right. He's not thrown to a Chris Godwin. He's not thrown to a Mike Evans. He's not thrown to a Brashad Perriman for that matter. You know, right. he's thrown to to really guys that are <laughs> aren't that good borderline NFL players right now. And he'll get Michael Thomas back, but we all know Michael Thomas has never been a deep route type of guy. He's been yeah. it underneath, you know, he's called slant boy for a reason, not just because, you know, Bucks fans hate the guy, but, um, right. <laughs> you know, he's going, you know, Jameis should have a great season. And I, I mean, the LASIK eye surgery went well for him a year under, uh, under Peyton and Breeze should, should really help. And Peyton's a really good coach, not to right. say that Arians isn't or anyone else isn't, but you know, it, it's still, I think the reason why it's getting so much attention because it was against the Rod against Aaron Rodgers as well. I tell you though, I had to turn I had to turn my my uh, my Twitter timeline. I didn't go to it all. Bucks fans were all in a tizzy. You got this one corner who are Jameis stands and Jameis forever freaking out, and you know the other one that are like you know more rational headed say we already got a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah. But, you know. Well, you know, uh, listen, the argument's going to go on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The other thing, too, is the Saints' defense, right? Because they they couldn't afford to keep Trey Hendrickson, who was their leading sacker last year. You saw Davenport, the former first-round pick. He had a sack. Uh, Passanio had a sack, the, the newcomer there. So they've retooled that, that defensive front, and it looks pretty good. right? They, they really kind of re- reshuffled the deck there. Cam Jordan still Cam Jordan, but Malcolm Brown gone. Uh, Hendricks, uh, Hendricks is gone. Um uh, Sheldon Rankins is gone, you know. So the, I was gonna say the, the defensive tackles out for the first six games suspension, yeah. and Davenport yeah. is now injured with a pectoral muscle. He's out for the next couple of games. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, at the same time, they they did a number right. Three takeaways held the Packers to forty three yards rushing. Aaron Rodgers one hundred and thirty three yards. I picked off twice. Uh, Williams uh, free safety got one. Uh, Paulson Adebo got the other. So. You know, it was it was a good showing. We know what happened to uh, the Bucks when they lost thirty-eight to three to the Packers to the uh, Saints. Didn't matter. Maybe the Packers will show the same type of resolve. And and really, again, the thirty-eight to three victory for the Saints didn't really matter because they weren't able to do anything with it 
once the playoffs came and, and the Bucks got the rematch. So, you know, that, that's that's uh, that, that's kind of the, the quick thumbnail sketch look at the initial impressions that we've seen from from the Bucks' upcoming opponents. I hope you enjoyed that. One thing that you're, you are going to enjoy, JC, is is uh, Spotify Green Room. You, you're a big fan of Spotify Green Room, where you can talk music, sports, and culture live, and especially when you get on there and talk Bucks football, right? Yeah, definitely check out Spotify Green Room. Tap in. Uh, there's weekly shows, watch parties. Uh, we can talk about the sports that are going on live there. Fantasy fantasy shows. Uh, check out Max Max Weezy in the morning at 10:30 a.m. He's got a wide variety of topics. Today was NFL Hot Takes Week One, so that was good to to talk about. Plus, we'll have some Peter Report rooms going on there. Make sure you go on there, find Peter Report in the search, follow us, turn the notifications on. Anytime that we go live, you guys can come in and talk, uh, join the conversation. Uh, voice to voice. No, you don't have to, you can, there's still a chat feature too, but if you want to come up and ask me a question, John, Matt, uh, Scott, whoever's on there at the time, ask us a question and we'll get right into it and, uh, definitely check it out because audio based platforms are becoming the new way we, we know about right. some of the other ones that have been out for a while. Well, Spotify green room purchase locker room. If you heard, if you've been around and Spotify is a national brand and they're going to be doing some great things and having some great guests and uh, really high profile artists, athletes, and other things on there. So definitely check out Spotify green room at the app store or the Google play store. Make sure that you uh, check out our Peter report TV, YouTube channel and hit the like button on our videos. Also subscribe to that channel and make sure you hit notifications that when we, we go live with our next Peter report podcast, which will be tomorrow at four o'clock. We're going to have John Ledyard on with Matt Matera. And then John and I will kind of dive even deeper into the Bucks falcons analysis that, that Matt and John will start tomorrow on Wednesday. And we'll have a, a really kind of deep dive pregame show there that will get us through the midweek. And then John will have a guest on Thursday for the, uh, the Pewter Report podcast wrap-up. And then, of course, on Sunday, 3 o'clock, we'll have Pewter pregame with the Pewter game day followed by that at, uh, at 4 o'clock. So. For J.C. Allen, I'm Scott Reynolds. It's been a lot of fun talking Bucks football with you here on this Victory Monday, looking at the Bucks' next opponents, next up the Atlanta Falcons. So for J.C., I'm Scott saying see you next time and uh, out. Oh.